your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, July 15th. 2021 your boy q here you know you can always hit me up on twitter as many of you do at your boy q254 and if you don't want to hit me up that way maybe you're not on twitter that's okay you got the locked on raider podcast voicemail line always wide open like some old school tv antennas 707-654-4693 matter of fact coming up in segment number three your calls and texts straight off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line got a lot of good feedback talking about the defense talking about the expectations talking about different players across the league talking about cornerback position slot corner position got a lot of good feedback to get to in segment number three we'll try to get as many calls and texts on the show also in segment number two got a really good conversation had a tweet sent to me uh on uh, on matter of fact on tuesday i believe talking about charles woodson talking about the raiders talking about all-time greats and it's a really really good tweet i'll break it down we'll talk about it and uh, that's all coming up in segment number two here in segment number one news and notes of the day as we always do so let's go ahead and jump right into it off top today is the day today is the day i make my radio debut in las vegas very exciting now it's not my own show it's not unnecessary roughness it's going to be in the huddle i'm filling in for Vinny bonsignor i'll be doing four to six p.m uh pacific standard time west coast time and uh, i'm very excited about that i'll be doing the show from from the Raiders training facility in Henderson. I mean, my first radio show in Las Vegas where I'm hosting it and I'm going to be at the training facility in Henderson. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that. I'm super pumped up, super excited about that. Got a couple good guests on the show that I'm very excited and pumped up about. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. He's going to join me, I think, at 425. And then uh, Raider Great. Linebacker Kirk Morrison is going to join me in the 5 o'clock hour. So very excited about Omar Ruiz and Kirk Morrison, former Raider great, joining me on the show today uh, in the huddle. With well, I'll be filling in for Vinny Bonsignor. So uh, that's going to be my first show. And then I'm going to double down and turn around the next morning and do the morning show with uh, Clay. Not, not with Clay Baker. It's going to be with Pritch. I'm filling in for Clay Baker. So it'll be Pritch and Q instead of Pritch and Clay on the morning show from uh, 7 to 10 a.m. West Coast time as well. And then I'll be doing Vinny's show a little bit later that evening. There's so much going on in the city of Las Vegas. There's so much stuff going on. I can't even really keep up, but I'm, I mean, I'm going to keep up. Please believe that, but I'm so excited about it. I got an email on Wednesday about Darren Waller having a football camp on the 22nd at All-American Park in Las Vegas. That's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm already RSVP'd. I'm going to be there, and this is a football camp for boys and girls grades three through eight. Going to be about 100 kids there in attendance. It's going to be from 7 to 9 p.m. again at American Park, All-American Park on Buffalo Drive, Fields one and two. Uh, excited about that. So there's going to be some media availability. So I'll be able to talk with Darren Waller on uh, on the 22nd of July. That's coming up next week. That's going on uh, next week on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'll actually have an interview with Marcus Allen. He's part of that Battle for Vegas competition. I talked about the softball, the charity softball competition. I'll actually have him and Tim Brown on the radio show sometime next week. And of course, I'll bring those conversations to the podcast as well. Excited about that. I mean, there is just so many things going on. Also with that charity uh, event, I'm going to have on the 23rd, I'm going to be able to meet the players at um, at, at the field where they're going to be playing the softball game and have a little media availability then. So uh, you'll hear from some Raider players probably on Monday's show. I mean, there's just so much going on. Uh, I can't wait and they're not ready. 
They are not ready. The city is not ready for me because I am on the ground running. I'm trying to tell you right now, I know I haven't done a radio show yet until later on this afternoon, but I've been all over the city already. People are already recognizing me. I actually got an email from the Raiders on Wednesday saying, thanks for coming out to the event at Legion Stadium. So they already recognize and already know that I'm in the building and I'm in the area. So very excited about that. So today is just the first of many radio shows for your boy on Raider Nation Radio 920. Again, 4 to 6 p.m in the huddle, filling in for Vinny Bonsignor, and of course, that's West Coast time. Now, there was one really piece of disturbing news that came out on Wednesday in the NFL, and that didn't have to do with the Raiders, but it did have to do with the guy that a lot of Raider Nation wanted the Raiders to go out and sign. He's free agent, defensive back Richard Sherman, uh, got into a big old kind of incident. And I say that like that big old incident because I don't exactly know all the details and I don't think anyone really does know the details. There's a ton of speculation out there right now, but I'll tell you one thing, it does not sound good. Adam Schefter started things off on Wednesday uh, about noon talking about free agent cornerback Richard Sherman was booked at 6.08 this morning at the Seattle Correctional Facility for burglary domestic violence per King County Public Records. No, actually, you know what? That was about Wednesday morning. That was probably around 8.30 because I remember I hadn't left my mom's house yet to go to the radio station and we kind of briefly talked about that. So yeah, it really broke early on Wednesday morning. Uh, Schefter goes on to say, Washington State Police are also investigating Richard Sherman in connection to a hit and run and damage the State Department of Transportation property. State Police say that about 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, they received a report of a single car incident. A car struck a car concrete barrier. Richard Sherman has not been formally charged. He cannot be until he appears in Kings County District Court, which will be today, this afternoon. Until then, Sherman will remain in the King County Correctional Facility in Seattle as his bail was denied. Now, I do this reluctantly. I really don't want to do this, but it was already out there. It's been out there on Twitter. It's been out there on the Internet. You may have heard this already. Uh, There was a lot of speculation of what went on in this incident. And really, we still don't know the actual details. But we do know it has to do with Richard Sherman's wife. There was a lot of speculation it was his ex-wife. No, it is his wife. She even tweeted out like, hey, if you're going to report on this, report on it correctly. He is not my ex-husband. He is my husband. I am his wife. So Ashley Moss Sherman uh, she actually called 911, and I don't know how it got out so early, but the 911 dispatch call was put out there. And I'll say one thing before I play this for you. And like I said, I do it reluctantly, but it kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what was going on. And I'm really praying for Richard Sherman, man. I don't know the details, don't know what exactly led to everything. I know he was drinking, as you'll hear his wife say that, but man. This just sounds like a real bad situation, and mental health is a major, major deal. And this sounds like it could be a mental health situation. But um, the 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 nine one one dispatch lady, she did not help the situation at all. And you'll hear that in just a second. So, uh, like I said, reluctantly, here is part of the nine one one call from Richard Sherman's wife. Nine one one, what are you reporting? Um, I, I I need I need officers to my house now. My husband is drunk and belligerent. What's the stop? Stop. I'm, What's the address? Are there any weapons? Stop. We took, no, there's no gun. I'm I'm saying there are no weapons, ma'am. There are no no weapons. You need to stop interrupting me so I can get the information I need to get officers expedited. I need officers here now. What's he doing that you think he's going to harm himself? He's being being aggressive. He has sent text messages. I took the I took the keys out. They're in your car. He's trying to leave now in the house. He's being aggressive. He's wrestling with my uncle. He's threatening to kill himself. He has sent text messages to people saying he's going to hang himself. He and he's saying that if the police show up, that so please don't shoot is what I'm asking. Okay, wait. 
Say that again. He has no weapon. He said if the police show up, that he'll try to fight them. So they okay. need to understand that he is. He is. Okay. Has it been physical with anybody there? You said he's trying to fight yes, your uncle. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. How has it been physical? He just tried to fight him. Okay, trying to fight somebody and actually being yes, physical. Yes, he did. Two he did. All the way How down has it ground. been physical? He's pulling out now. He's trying to leave. He's a fucking okay, leaving in the car? What kind of car it's a, is he It's a 2016 black Mercedes. Richard, please stop. Richard, please stop. Please stop. Is that a sedan SUV? It's, a, it's just a black sedan Mercedes SUV. Okay. He's not going to be able to get out the gate. I cut it off. What do you mean you cut it off? I cut the gate. We live behind it. It's, a, it's Richard Sherman. Like, ma'am, this is like a f emergency. I need officers hey, here listen now. listen to me. I'm handling this. You need to stop telling me that. Okay, but what I'm not going to slow help down. Talking to me is not going to slow help down. Okay, well, what I need to know is that he What's your name? My name is Ashley Sherman. Do you know what his date of birth is? 33088. Okay, slow down so I can understand you. What's the date of birth? March 30th, 1988. March 30th, 1988. His name is Richard Kevin Sherman. Does anybody need the ambulance there? You said it was physical. No. We don't okay. need an ambulance. Okay. And he does not have any weapons or access to weapons? No. No. Okay. And how much has he had to drink tonight? Two bottles. Two bottles of what? Now, a vodka now. and Hennessy. Okay, hard alcohol. It's alcohol. Okay. He's intoxicated. Okay, sir. I'm only going to talk to one person, so please put the phone down well, and talk to man. Ashley. Look, okay, it's up. Is, is the sheriff it, on the way? Okay, L listen, I, it's over on dispatch, okay? It's, talking to me is not going to slow anything else down. So there you go right there, about two and a half minutes of Richard Sherman's wife's call to 911, talking about trying to break down the situation. And as I said, the 911 dispatcher did not do any justice, did not help out the situation at all. Really seemed like she was kind of trying to poke the bear, and I don't think she was doing it on purpose, but I don't think everyone's built for every type of job, and I don't know if that's really the line of work she should be in. Not very good. Very Wasn't very professional. So that's one thing. The other thing is, like I mentioned, man, mental health is a situation, man. And I don't know exactly what, what went into this situation. I don't know what led up to this situation, but I'm hoping and I'm praying. And that's the only reason I played this is because I want you to hear it. And instead of judging Richard Sherman and calling him a thug and saying, oh, this is terrible. And yeah, lockdown corner now locked up. As I saw those jokes on Twitter, I just want you to, to feel for the guy, wait for all the details to roll out. And if he's got a situation going on, if he does have a mental health situation, don't judge him, man. Pray for him. There's not enough of that going on. It's too much judgment. It's too much putting people down and not enough of, hey, I'm concerned for this dude. I'm concerned for this young man. This dude was born in 88. This is a youngster. I, I am concerned about him mentally. I'm hoping that he's okay. I hope this situation, whatever ends up coming from it, whatever and however it shakes out, I don't think this is in Richard Sherman's character, something that his wife tweeted out. This is not his character. Uh, we were not harmed. His kids were not harmed. Everything is good. I just think that this is a really, really bad situation, and I pray for Richard Sherman to come out on, on, on top and okay. Not on top, but just okay out of this situation, and whatever needs to happen needs to happen, but uh, just hope that the person, not the player, the person himself ends up in a better, much better place. So uh, I just wanted to pass that along again. Kind of reluctantly played that 911 call, but it was already out there, so I thought, okay, 
I'll go ahead and do it since it's already out there. So uh, that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to talk about a tweet that I got talking about Charles Woodson as he pertains to greatest Raiders of all time. And I'll explain what that means once I read the tweet to you. I think you'll understand it a little bit more. That's coming up in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a great sponsor here, and that is BetOnline. .ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action. Baseball, of course, is going on. The NBA, wow, the NBA Finals all knotted up at two. It's the best of three series now. Look out, man, anything can happen. UFC, MMA, it's like every weekend that's going on. So before you see the next pitch, the next home run, the next three-pointer or slam dunk, make sure you head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines, get into the game. Your team's on a run in the playoffs, you should be on a run in the playoffs. Again, head to the website on your mobile device or laptop, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, Got to use the promo code locked on. That's the only way you can get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into a discussion based off a tweet that I received from Donald Dubon, and I think that's how you say his name, on Twitter at DW047, and he said simple as this, at your boy Q254, I've been seeing a lot of greatest Raider of all time articles on social media. Charles Woodson always seems to be the main guy in the discussion. Now, I'm a huge Woodson fan and have nothing but respect, but he left for the Packers and still reps both. Who's the greatest? That's from Donald Dubon at D-Dub, at D-Dub 047. And first of all, thank you so much for that tweet. And I responded to him immediately like, wow, that's a good topical question right there. And I gave him the short answer is it's generational. And I'll expand on that. And so again, thank you, Donald, for that tweet. And for me, and it's funny, as I'm 44 years old, and for me, Charles Woodson's my guy. You know, and I've said it many times before, and I've had actually Raider fans come at me a little sideways when I say, you know, when I think of 24, I think Charles Woodson. Well, that's because it's generational. It's a generational number. You know, so when I see Jonathan Abram out there, and when Jonathan Abram got the number, everyone said, well, C. Wood. Okay, he's taking over that number for C. Wood. Well, Charles Woodson is not the only person in the history of the Raiders to wear 24. We all know that's a historic number, and the Raiders don't retire numbers. So, no, Charles Woodson is not the only player to ever wear that number 24. Matter of fact, Charles Woodson is probably not even the best player to wear that number 24 because Willie Brown, old man Willie Brown, wore number 24. So there's a lot of respect with that number in general. But I think a lot of people, and especially on social media and and on Twitter, are going to gravitate to Charles Woodson, especially as he's going into the Hall of Fame this year. They're going to say, oh, you know, he's the greatest Raider of all time. But that's just not the case. And the reason is... The Raiders have so much history. The Raiders have so many great players that have gone through that organization. So many great players that have donned the silver and black. So many great coaches that have been there. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I mentioned the Hall of Fame, and uh, I've said it before on the show, and if you're a new booty, maybe you haven't heard me, but if you get a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, especially this year with Tom Flores and Charles Woodson both being inducted, you need to go. And, and one of the main reasons you need to go is look at the walls, look at the shrine, look at everything that is in that building there in Canton, Ohio. There is nothing but Raiders on top of Raiders on top of Raiders. There's busts of Raiders all up and down. 
Canton throughout the Hall of Fame. And it's just an amazing place to be. You know, it's funny. Uh, there was a time when uh, Bonte Hill, who's on 95.7 The Game, I got a lot of respect for uh, Bonte. He's my guy. Uh, he's done a lot of good things for me in my career. And I just really, really respect him. And he had put out on Twitter one time, and I actually came, I went at him kind of kind of sideways on it. Uh, he said, is Charles Woodson even a top 10 Raider of all time? And I thought, whoa, hold on, Bonte. Like, hey, careful, man. You're talking about my guy there. You're talking about C. Wood. And it's funny because I had him on the show, and I'm sure you can go back and and kind of search uh, search the podcast history uh, talking with Bonte Hill. Just something, Bonte, just put Bonte Hill in the search bar, and you can fi- probably find that conversation. And it's funny because he wasn't being disrespectful. A lot of people think, oh, he hates the Raiders. He's a big uh, 49er fan because 95.7 The Game covers the 49ers. But he'll, he'll, you'll hear it in that, that conversation if you go back and listen. He was a huge Charles Woodson fan coming out of Michigan, as was I. So I was already a big Seawood fan before he ever hit the NFL, and I was hoping, man. I was pounding the table for the Raiders because they needed a defensive back so bad, and he was so dynamic in college. I was hoping that they would go out there and draft him, and they ultimately did, and I said it the other day. I was at a Hoop It Up competition myself, uh, my boy Corey, and uh, and a couple other teammates. We were there, and uh, we were playing in our, in our Hoop It Up competition, and all I kept telling them was, hey, man, have the Raiders drafted yet? Hey, man, did they pick Woodson? And then finally someone said, yeah, they picked Seawood. Boom. I was satisfied. I was good. But who's the greatest of all time? I, Donald, I can never answer that question because, again, that's going to be a generational answer. There's some old school Raider fans that have been around since the beginning of the organization. You know, 60 plus years. They're going to tell you one person. I'm going to tell you another person, someone who's a brand new person to the Raider organization, maybe someone who's, you know, 16, 17, 18 might tell you someone else. You know, that's just kind of the scenario. That's kind of how it is. And that, again, is credit to the Raiders for having so many greats in the history of the organization. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I was a big Napoleon Kaufman fan, and I know that he was nowhere close to being the greatest Raider of all time. He wasn't even the greatest running back. I mean, he was just a good running back. But, man, he was fun, right? And that's the thing about it, Raider Nation, I believe, and I know for me, for a fact, there's just certain players that I was a huge fan of that may not have ever been the greatest at their position, like Namdi Asamoah. I was a big Namdi fan. And it's funny because it took me a while to actually like Namdi because it took him a while to start coming around. But, man, when he came around and he was locking down one side of the field, even though it was the, the weak side of the field, I was – I was all Namdi all day, you know, and when he he left the Raiders and went to Philadelphia, it hurt my feelings. But either way you look at it, man, there's all kind of different players that I could say, hey, that was my favorite guy at one point. That was my favorite guy at one point. You know, I mean, Rich Gannon was one of my favorite quarterbacks at, at one point because of what he was able to do, how he was able to take that that team and, and really put them on his shoulders and, and, and lead them to the promised land. And, uh, you know, another guy like Tyrone Wheatley. At the running back position, he was another one of my favorite guys. And I know, again, he wasn't the greatest of all time, but there's just the, the Raiders just have too much of a history. They have too much of a catalog. Like if they were a hip-hop artist, their catalog is too large to just say, oh, this is my favorite album. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like asking me, Q, tell me your favorite Tupac song. I can't. There's too many. The catalog is too deep. You know what I mean? And that's how the Raiders organization is. So uh, when Donald, when you say that you see uh, a lot of greatest Raider of all time conversation on social media, you have to realize it's also social media. And that doesn't represent every generation. That represents uh, my generation. That represents, you know, some others generation. But uh, a lot of old school Raider fans aren't on social media for good reason. If I wasn't doing the job I was doing, I wouldn't be on social media either <laughs> at all. I'd be off the radar 100%. No Facebook, no Twitter, no nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd be delivering packages at FedEx and I'd be happy and call it a day and wouldn't have to worry about no kind of cesspool called Twitter or anything else like that. But that, I mean, again, that's a that's a whole nother scenario. But 
I, I the, the the point of the whole conversation is it's such a good conversational piece because it'll let you know when someone became a Raider fan, you know, what what part of their life were they in and, and what meant the most to them. So I would love to throw that out there. Matter of fact, I'll throw that out there a little bit later on today on Raider Nation Radio 920. You know, in their opinion, in, in any Raider Nation's fans' opinion, who is the greatest Raider of all time to you? Because I don't think you could ever say who the greatest Raider of all time is, period. I don't think anyone, I don't think JT the Brick, I don't think uh, anyone who's been around the organization for a long time, I don't think John Gruden, I don't think anybody could ever just narrow it down to one dude. Mark Davis couldn't narrow it down to one dude. I don't think anyone could narrow it down to one dude because, again, it just there's so many different elements to the game. So for me, I am a Charles Woodson guy. I, and you know what? He probably had, if you go back, and I don't know the exact stats, but if you go back and look at the stats and the production, I know he won Defensive Player of the Year with the Packers, and he won a Super Bowl ring with the Packers, so uh, I don't even have to go back and look at the stats. He had a better career with the Packers, but to me, Charles Woodson is always a Raider. He's always going to be a Raider. He's, he was drafted a Raider, and he retired a Raider. So to me, that's all that mattered. Now, there was a, a great period of time for Seawood in Green Bay where he did some great things, and I'm not mad at him. I was so happy to see him win that ring because that's what he deserved. You know, came up with a big game until he got injured in the in, in the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he had that interception with the with the Raiders in the Super Bowl against Chucky and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then we all know it went south after that. But, I mean, Seawood is Seawood. So to me, he's my guy. But again, that's just me, and I'm only 44, and you know I wasn't around for the old dominant Raiders teams. Again, I was seven when they won their uh, last Super Bowl back in 83. Seven. I wasn't fully invested in the Raiders at that time. I knew who they were. I liked them. I was a fan of, of football and sports in general because my parents were. My mom was into it. My dad was into it. And so that's what made me watch them. But it wasn't like I was pounding the table each and every Sunday about my Raiders winning games. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it was. So uh, I'm going to ask this question later on today on Raider Nation Radio 920 as I fill in for Vinny Bonsignor. And, and the even better part of it is I'm going to be at the facility. Now, I know a lot of the Raider greats have not uh, graced the, the halls there in Henderson. But, man, it's just I, I feel like when I walk in that building later on, this afternoon it's going to be like I'm walking into a you know like a mausoleum <laughs> you know what I mean like a shrine of just Raider greatness I'm going to walk through there and I'll ask you know what when I talk to Kirk Morrison I'll ask him that question as well and see what he thinks and and you know he was he was a fan favorite he was one of my favorites and I know Thomas Howard his running mate who uh, who passed away it was just his birthday I believe on Wednesday as a matter of fact yesterday I believe it was his birthday so shout out to Thomas Howard I remember the law firm of of Morrison and Howard or Howard and, and Morrison however you want to say it was awesome and uh, such tragic news when he passed away. But uh, man, it's just again, there's just certain pockets of your time when you were really locked in or you are really locked in on the Raiders. And there was a certain guy that stood out to you and that was your favorite. Again, doesn't mean he's the greatest Raider of all time, but the Raiders, to their credit, have so many great players in their history. Guys like Cliff Branch that aren't even in the Hall of Fame yet. Guys that should be in the Hall of Fame like that. Tim Brown, I know he's a favorite. He's an all-time great to a lot of people. I mean, there's just the list goes on and on and on. You can go to the offensive line. You can go to Art Shell. You can go to Jim Otto. I mean, you could just go. There's so many even old school cats that you can go to. I mean, Eric Allen was one of my favorite Raiders, even though I know he was an Eagle before that, but he was still one of my favorite Raiders. I mean, again, the list goes on and on and on. So I uh, would love to hear from you. You know, 707-654-4693, or you can tweet at me at your boy Q254. Uh, who do you think is the greatest Raider of all time to you? To you, not necessarily to everybody in the world, but to you. Who would you feel 
is the greatest Raider of all time? That's the question that matters. So 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up in segment number three. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a great sponsor here of the Locked On Raiders podcast, and that is Built Bar. I've been talking about Built Bar for quite a while, and They've got a bunch of delicious flavors right now. Coconut, German chocolate, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, raspberry, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, double chocolate, mint brownie, and raspberry. And on occasion, they'll have a limited time flavor as well. They had a built grasshopper cookie just the other day, but that ran out on the night. So uh, you'll have to look and, and continue to check out the website for the next limited edition bar that they have. But either way you go, those bars I just mentioned, uh, there's one for you, maybe a couple for you, or maybe you like all of them and you want to get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the, the flavors and uh, you'll get hooked up with that. They're soft and easy to chew, uh, 100% covered in chocolate. They're a protein bar that's good for you, which is very, very rare, but that's what Built Bar is. So you can check them out today, BuiltBar.com. While you're at the uh, on the website and you want to check out, make sure you use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order just like that. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time for your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. I know I say the number a lot, but a lot of times you'll be surprised. A lot of folks hit me up. AQ, what's the number, man? I don't have it. So, again, 707-654-4693. Make sure you lock that in your phone. Starting things off is DJ from the 909. He's calling to talk about a camp battle for the slot corner position between Amik Robertson and Nate Hobbs. Here he is, DJ from the 909. AQ, Raider Nation, DJ from the 909 calling in. Just finished listening to Wednesday's podcast. And Q, I don't forgot to call his name already, but it's been on my mind too. When you get into training camp, I think you should really look into that slot corner position because I really think it's going to come down to Amik Robertson and probably Nate Hobbs since he's getting all the talk right now. But I would not be surprised if Amik Robertson ends up winning that position, to be honest with you. Because he was a straight ball hawk coming out of college. The only knock against him was his size. And, like, all he did in college was play outside. He never played inside. So I'm assuming the Raiders plan, they drafted him with the plan to play him inside. So I'm curious to see. I hope you look at that battle or you look at that during um, training camp. Because that's the one thing I want to know about. Are we actually going to see a Meek on the field? Is he actually standing out in practice? Because he did even mention himself. I don't know where I read it or where he said it. I remember him saying that it's been a transition because there was no offseason. It was difficult for him. So I'm excited to see what what comes about out of training camp. I just want to say, Q, please, please put that on your list of things to look out for in training camp because that is one of the things I'm pretty sure, not just me, but the rest of Raider Nation wants to know as well. All right, DJ from the 909. DJ from the 909 out. DJ, thanks for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, I think that's one of the competitions and battles to pay attention to during training camp, you know, and I'll definitely be all over that one because, again, that's been a sore spot for the Raiders for so long, trying to have LaMarcus Joyner hold down that spot, try to have Corey Littleton hold down that spot, try to have multiple guys hold down that, uh, you know, that slot corner position, and it just never has worked out. It's never shaken out uh, for such a long time. So can Amik Robertson step in there and be that guy? Possibly. 
I, I, my gut feeling again says Nate Hobbs is going to be the dude only because I just feel like he's got a little something, something to prove. Got a little bit of extra chip on his shoulder. Uh, like you said, Amik Robertson was normally an outside guy now trying to play the slot. Nate Hobbs is already familiar with playing multiple positions, so it might lead to him being that guy. But yeah, that's definitely going to be one of those that I pay attention to. Also, they're going to be one, that's going to be one of the competitions that I ask questions about quite a bit. Gus Bradley, hey, who's winning that slot corner position? Or how are you feeling about Amik Robertson and Nate Hobbs in that slot corner? I mean, that's those are questions that are legit questions to ask. I will definitely be doing that a lot. They're going to get to the point where they say, all right, Q, we know, slot corner. Uh, we'll tell you right now, this happened. or that, You know what I mean? They're, they're going to... They're going to get real familiar with me and the questions I ask because I will be very specific about certain questions. So thank you so much for that, DJ. Appreciate you, and I'll make sure to pay attention to that during training camp. Next up, got a text from Kai in the 209. Yo, what's up? This is Kai from the 209, New Booty. First off, congrats on a new job. Do everyone a favor and make first order of business to get everyone's audio on point. Please, I can't listen to this subpar audio. I appreciate all you do, but most of all, your sound quality. Peace from Modesto, 209. Kai in the 209. And uh, thank you so much, my man. And I'll tell you right now, hey, my audio is something that I really, really care about the most uh, because you could be saying everything you want to say and the content could be great. But if the audio is not good, then it's hard to listen to. And, uh, you know, there's multiple reasons for everyone's audio not being the same. But I know I invested a lot of money to make my audio sound good. And so I'm glad that you could appreciate that. And, well, you know, we're going to work on trying to get everyone's on the same page. And that goes with the radio station as well. You know, there's certain guys, uh, they use different forms of you know, to uh, like equipment to get into the, the station because everyone's not actually in the studio. So that's sometimes why the sound's not as good either. So uh, we're going to work on it, Kai. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Raider Hawk in Iowa. He's calling to talk about the conversation of defense winning championship that we had on Monday's show. Here he is, Raider Hawk out of Iowa. Hey, Q, this is your boy Raider Hawk out of Iowa. Um, just wanted to give you a call about this defenses win championships. And I think you're correct, man. And I don't think particular think that they win championships, but they definitely can lose championships. You know, um, it, that's why I think the saying comes from is, is you can have a, a top 10 defense and have a horrible offense and still have a horrible record like what they did in 2006. But if you have, uh, a, you know, uh, top 15, top 20 defense that just doesn't choke on key moments, that's going to help you win the championship as long as you have a complimentary offense. So, I mean, I, I think you're correct on that. Um, as far as defenses win championships, no. Defenses can lose championships, though. So. All right. Thanks. Bye. There he goes. That's Raider Hawk calling out of Iowa and talking about the defense. Might not win you championships, but no doubt about it, they can lose you championships for sure. They can lose you games for sure. And it's got to be complimentary, man. That's the key word. We've been talking about it quite a bit throughout the week. Complimentary. The defense has got to find a way to get off the field at the most critical times. Get the ball back to the offense at the most critical times. You know what's crazy is I heard Pritch and Clay on Wednesday. I was listening Wednesday morning, and Pritch was talking about how John Gruden and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl, which we all know that. We don't have to relive that, but he was talking about how John Gruden's offense was so dynamic. Look how many points they put up. And all I could think about, and I didn't say this to him because uh, I just didn't have a chance to talk to him before they left the station, but John Gruden's offense didn't put up all those points. It was a defense that created all those damn turnovers and got the ball back to the offense that allowed them to score points. I mean, yeah, the, the offense scored, but defense also scored a couple defensive touchdowns. They had all those turnovers and gave the, the ball back to, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a, in a small field or a short field. That's what 
Gruden's talked about before. Like, hey, the defense has got to be able to give us the ball a couple more times offensively. Give us a short field a couple times to give us an opportunity to tack on some more points on the board. That's what he's talking about. And so uh, it was funny when I heard him saying that. Yeah, I mean, Gruden's offense was good, but it was also good because they only had to go about 30 yards before they got into the end zone. So uh, thank you for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Nurple. He said, hey, Q. My son and I are in Vegas next week for an AAU tournament. Outside of Legion Stadium Tour in the softball game, other ideas to give my son exposure to sports media. It's a possible career path he's considering. Love to have him meet you next week while you're there or while he's there. That's from Nurple. And uh, thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. And really, there's so much going on in the city, and there's going to be so much going on. The Aviators, uh, the baseball team, the minor league team, they got a, a game going on. Matter of fact, I'll be at that event on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, Darren Waller has a has a, um, a football camp on the 22nd that evening. Uh, matter of fact, Marshawn Lynch later on today has an event that I can't go to because I'm on the radio, but from 3 to 6 p.m. Uh, West Coast time, he's got an event going on. I mean, there's so many different things going on. It's impossible to be at everything, but at the same time, you want to try to be at as much as possible. UNLV always has something going on. There's a lot of good things to go ahead and, and you know look into, but Nurple, I will say this. When you get to town, man, hit me up. When you get to town, let me know. You know, hit me up on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. And if I'm around the area that you guys are in, maybe I'll come check out a game. Uh, just let me know. Either way, man, I'm all over the city. So definitely appreciate you. And uh, hope that uh, you and your son have a great time in Vegas next week. Next up, got a call from my guy Flavius in Indiana. He's calling to ask about my plans for the regular season, not only the home games for the Raiders, but also the away games. Here he is, Flavius in Indiana. Hey, Q, this is your boy Flavius calling from Indiana. Hey, calling in regards to... Uh I don't remember how long ago it was. I guess it was the first time that you actually came out and told us your big news about you moving to Lotus Broadcasting. Um, you said that you might be able to go to, you're going to hope to try to go to all their away games as well as their local games. And uh, it's calling with a question. If you do end up going to their away games, I mean, you should let us know which one you're going to be able to go to and maybe, you know, Throughout the season, we can all meet at different locations. Okay, I'd like to hear your thought on that one. Out. There he goes. That's my guy Flavius in Indiana. Always short and sweet on his calls. And uh, yeah, my plans right now are to obviously be at every home Raider game, but I also want to travel. I want to be at all the away games as well. And I mean, we're coming off a pandemic, right? Coming off a year of the pandemic. So of course, a lot of money was not generated. So I mean, I got to sit down with the powers that be to see if they're going to allow me to do that. Uh, if that's something I do, I may even have to flip the bill myself and then just try to write it off at the end of the year. I don't know. But my, my goal is to be at all the away games as well. And if I'm able to do that, I'll definitely let you know. Uh, I do know for a fact that uh, Monday night football games, uh, when it's, uh, in, well, actually, Monday night football games in general, I'm supposed to be doing my show from Raider Nation Radio. I'm supposed to be doing that at a, a sports bar in town every Monday night for Monday night football. So that should be fun as well. But uh, as far as just kind of covering games, I definitely want to go on the road and travel as well and uh, cover the team. I think they deserve to be covered like a glove. It's something I'll present to them on Tuesday when I get to meet with them. Yeah, I said that. Let me pinch myself real quick. I'm actually going to meet with the team. I'm going to go to the headquarters, sit down with Mark Bedane, going to sit down with Will Kiss, going to sit down with, you know, the powers that be, probably John Gruden, Mike Mayock, maybe even Mark Davis. I mean, who knows? There's going to be a lot of folks there. I know Eddie Pascal is going to be there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to be at this meeting on Tuesday that I'm going to be at at the uh, Henderson facility. I'm so excited about it. Of course, I'll tell you all about it once I, uh, you know, once the, the meeting's over and, and all that good stuff. But 
yeah, I'm going to present that to him, and we'll see how it all shakes out. But that's part of the plan. So I definitely, definitely appreciate you, Flavius. Next up, got a text from Dylan in the 605. What's up, Q? Dylan from the 605. Just a quick one for you. With Gus and the new defensive coaching, what is the minimum improvement for the defense to not be considered a bust? Jumping to 15th to 20th in the league is a considerable jump from where they are. Do they get a season to try and get this thing working, or is it do or die? That's from Dylan in the 605. Thanks you, Thank you for that text, my man. And I'll tell you right now, what they've got to do, and I've mentioned this earlier in the week, they've got to find a way to shave seven points off what they're giving up a game. They're giving up 30 points a game. They've got to get down to 23 points a game. Simple as that. I don't care if they go from the 32-ranked defense to, uh, you know, 20th or, or 18th. Uh, you know, they got to be around that area, though, I would think. I think to, to be able to shave those points that I'm looking for, I think they have to be around the, you know, 18 to 20, maybe even as low as 15, and that is a big jump. But uh, I think the defense has talent, and I think with this coaching staff, as long as they're able to kind of hone in on what the guys do well, and just make them do what they do and make them do it well, I think that they'll have an opportunity. But again, that's on Gus Bradley. That's on Ron Miles. That's on Richard Smith to get the most out of the defensive players. So that's obviously another feature, something to focus in on when training camp comes around, which is only less than two weeks away now. So excited about that. Final call of the show comes from Jeece Mode from the 669. He's calling to talk about the defense. Winning championship conversation has a really good answer to the question with a great fact to back up his thought, here he is, Jeece Mode from the 669. Hey, Q, it's Jeece Mode from the 669. Congrats on the big moves in Vegas. As a new booty this year, I can confidently say that with all that you're doing, I'm not alone in saying that you're the new voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, and your devotion to the team rings true with the realness in your daily take. I just wanted to respond to your question, does defense win championships? I just saw a set put together on Reddit that might clarify the reality of the situation. It was a look at the last 25 Super Bowl winners, and it seems that for the vast majority, the key is balance. 14 of the last 25 Super Bowl winners ranked top 10 in both offense and defense. Not all of them the most. So it seems the Raiders are inching close to being that sort of elite team with their top-ranked offense and their huge off-season moves to shore up a lacking defense. I, for one, am big on the Raiders this year to not just push through the playoffs, but compete for the chip if they can put it all together. I hope that they pick up the commitment to excellence banner and just win, baby. Let's roll the dice. Raiders. Raiders. I can hear it now, man. Allegiant Stadium. Raiders. That's going to be something. I'm so excited. Every time someone calls and says that, I just get kind of goosebumps because I'm already anticipating what it's going to sound like at Allegiant Stadium with a packed house, beautiful packed house. It's going to be so stinking exciting. So thanks for uh, go ahead and get me fired up right there. But, uh, yeah, good call. Balance is the key, no doubt about it, when it comes to the defense and offense. That's the way you put together a really great team is with great balance. You know, you got to sum it up. Offense has got to carry their weight. Defense has got to carry their weight. And sometimes one or the other – has to step up a little bit more. You know, sometimes the offense has got to do the heavy lifting because the defense is having a bad day. Sometimes the defense has got to do the heavy lifting because the offense is having a bad day. It happens like that. But again, when you have a unit that's able to step up in a major way and just kind of, you know, like I said, help out the other unit when they may be struggling, that's that's part of that balance. And so to have a really, really good team, you've got to have that. So good call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, that's all I got for today. All the calls and texts throughout that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Again, later on this afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. on the West Coast, I'll be at 
Raiders training facility there in Henderson. I'll be filling in for Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. Uh, excited about that. Uh, Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network will be one of my guests. Kirk Morrison, former Raider, will be one of my guests. Very excited about that. And I got a lot coming up, not only on uh, today, but also tomorrow, Monday. And uh, then again, like I said, just kind of put everything into the pressure cooker and get it rolling. So excited about everything going on in Las Vegas. Excited about the uh, training camp getting started in less than two weeks. So that's going to do it for today's show, Raider Nation. Have a great day. Do what you do. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.